0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the UIBuzz.com podcast. This time around, I am going to be talking about React Native. So let's go ahead and get into it. What is React Native? Well, React Native is a framework that sits on top of React, which is a JavaScript-based framework that enables you to create cross-platform mobile applications, specifically for Android and iOS. And it's also something that's been around a little while now, and you, you know, don't get it confused with React. React is a web technology, and React Native is essentially built on top of that specifically for mobile applications. So why might you use this over some of the other tools out there and some of the other platforms for cross-platform development? Well, a lot of the other ones sort of cheat a little bit, and I'm not saying that, to criticize them, but what they do is they essentially enable you to build a web application and put a wrapper around it to make it appear as if it's a native application on a mobile device, which, you know, is fine. I mean, if that's the route you want to go, certainly, you know, that's your choice, but you're going to hit some problems there. One tends to be performance, and sometimes it can be quite noticeably slower than a native application. And the other can be that sometimes you're going to run into issues with submitting to the various stores, you know, the Google Play Store, the Android App, uh, Apple App Store, you know, those kind of things. Because if it is literally a website in a wrapper for an application, um, those things tend to be frowned upon in the stores because they would look at it and go, well, why don't you make it a web application? Because that's what it is. Now, React Native is different because it actually compiles back to the native platform. So, for example, if you compile it, if you tell it to compile for Android, you're going to get a native Android application built out with Java. And if you tell it to compile for iOS, you're going to get an Objective-C based application. So it truly is a native application that gets submitted to the stores. Therefore you don't really suffer too much of a performance hit. Uh, Certainly not one that I've noticed in some of the applications that I've worked on. And at the end of the day, it's running native controls and native code. So, you know, it has that native experience for your users. The point that I want to make there is that it makes cross-platform very easy, right? I can write one code base in React Native, which as I say is JavaScript based, and then deploy that to both Android and iOS just by telling it to compile for the various platforms and then submit those to the stores. And that certainly doesn't have to be the end of it. But at the end of the day, I have one code base, which means, you know, hopefully I can fix bugs and introduce new features a lot quicker than having to write it out in two platform languages, say Java and Kotlin or, you know, Swift or Objective-C. One of the other advantages is that I get to see those changes in real time. And that's something that I've found developers really like. I know I certainly do. And the way that works is when I'm developing a React Native application, I can either run it on my device, uh, be it Android or iOS, or I can run the simulator for whichever platform. And as I make changes to the code base, I actually see them appearing in the application in real time, which is great when it comes to things like, you know, debugging or, you know, tweaking layouts and you need to just, you know, pixel peep that that layout to get it just right or figure out what's wrong with something. I don't have to, you know, recompile every time. And that's you know a real pain for mobile developers, especially with bigger applications. You know, in Xcode for example, there's nothing worse than, you know, you make one little change and now, you know, you gotta hit the play button, wait for it to compile, and sometimes big applications that might take 10 minutes or more, right? And then you notice that either you didn't get it quite right or, you know, you messed it up somehow, and now you've got to start the whole process over again. And that leads to a lot of uh, wasted time, I guess you could say, and a lot of coffee breaks, right, in between the builds. Well, you know, being able to do it in real time means that you don't have that problem. And it also means that you can collaborate with your teammates a lot easier because you can all see it happening in real time and discuss it right there and then. It's also an easier path if you're a web developer looking to get into mobile because, you know, the chances are that if you're a web developer, um, whether you've been doing it for a long time or you're new to the field, you've encountered JavaScript, right? It's almost unavoidable on the web. And so therefore you can take that javascript experience and especially if you have react experience and use that directly in development of mobile applications and you this way you don't have to learn you know some other language like java or objective c or swift or something like that you don't have to worry about it you can just dive in with what you know and extend you know your skill set from there and because you know it uses components It's going to be a lot easier for you to understand, especially, you know, with uh, using, you know, the the version 6 of JavaScript. So, you know, you've got class support and that kind of thing and, you know, promises working there and all those things that you're going to be familiar with. And you can take that experience straight to mobile development. It uses components at the core, the same as React. And the the advantage there is, I'll sort of give you a, a real world scenario. You know, maybe I've been working on an application with a team and we need a calendar component. So I say, okay, look, I'll build the calendar and it's gonna be used in five different places in my application. And I can be working on that in an isolated component while the team carries on their work with whatever they may be working on. And then when it's ready, they can pull in my component and incorporate it into their views. And then if a change needs to be made, I can make that change in a component and it's going to update across all the views in the application that use it because they're all using, you know, that same component. So working with sort of this component-based approach is really beneficial if you're in Teams, and it's also beneficial for being able to, you know, write a control like a, a calendar component in one application and then use it in another application as well if you want. So you sort of build a library of your own custom components over time and there's also a massive library on the web of different components that you can go find as well. So you may find that you don't even need to build something like a calendar component because, you know, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of them out there. And you can go try them out and just pull it into your application and work with it. And also from a security standpoint, you get to see all the code, right? So, you know, you don't have to worry about some sealed or proprietary library that you don't know what's going on because it's staring you right in the face. And, and you can just use it there. And like I say, there's lots of component libraries across the web. Now you're not restricted to just, you know, having to write in React Native. You can still use native uh, code and native libraries in Android and iOS as well. I'll give you an example, right? You can do say 99% of the work in React Native. And then there's something that you need to do very specific on iOS that it doesn't work so well in React Native or something like that. And let's say maybe you've got a CocoaPod library that you use. Well, then that's fine, right? Because you can can export the project, load it up in Xcode. It's gonna work with your React Native code, no problem. You can pull in a CocoaPod library and incorporate that code. And if you need to, you can write Objective-C or Swift as well to use it at that level. So you certainly don't have to pick one or the other. You can mix and match you know, as much as you want. And that's also one of the benefits there, because you can go into Xcode and you, maybe you need to tweak the build settings. Or in Android Studio, you need to you know, edit the Gradle file and do something specific. And you're not prevented from doing that with React Native. You can certainly do that. You know, it certainly is a lot easier, for example, to take the project, the React Native project, into Xcode and do the build and submit it up to TestFlight and the App Store right there in Xcode. That certainly is the easier path. So you still have that available to you. You're not restricted in any way. Finally, the program that I like to use, and it seems that, you know, it's very popular with a lot of developers for React Native is Visual Studio Code, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Now, you know, the big plus there, of course, with Visual Studio Code is you have access to lots of plugins for things like, you know, um, linting for your code and prettier for, like, you know, recomposing um, the code and getting the indentation correct across teams and that kind of thing. Uh, You've got the debugging tools as well, of course. So if you're familiar with Visual Studio Code or whatever your tool of choice may be, you're free to use any of those tools to write JavaScript because it is just JavaScript at the end of the day. Uh, If there's something there that, you know, if there's something that interests you, reach out to me on Twitter at UIBuzz and let me know. And maybe I'll go through my setup for my tools for React Native and, and walk through that. Now, the other advantage here is, you know, I can work on Windows or on the Mac and use Visual Studio Code there and React Native to, you know, work on the project to deploy to both platforms. So whilst you're not really developing iOS applications as such, you know, on Windows, in a sense, you, you're you doing most of the work there and you can because, you know, you can certainly write the code there. You, of course, can't run the iOS simulator. Uh, you know, that is still a restriction and a problem for you, but at least it opens up not restricting you to just one platform to work with. So I hope this has helped get you, you know, familiar or at least give you an idea of how React Native works. I really recommend if you're a mobile developer, looking into it. You know, the mobile development field moves so quickly, and so does the technologies, that it really is beholding to you for you know your projects, your teammates, uh, your skill set, and you know maybe any future career paths to look at some of these tools like React Native and just even if you just spend some time with them to evaluate them, I think it's worth doing. You know, just take it to some time one weekend or one evening and give it a go. It's really straightforward to get started with React Native. And in fact, I'm I'm even thinking about on on doing a series of videos um, to to walk you through the process of creating a, a basic React Native application. So again, if that's something that interests you, reach out to me on Twitter at UI Buzz. Or, you know, go to uibuzz.com and let me know. Uh, there's also a contact form on my other website, peterwidham.com. You can go to peterwidham.com forward slash contact. And if you think the videos, you know, are a good idea, let me know. And, you know, that'll, that'll give me a clue as to whether I should go ahead and start work on that. And with that, that's it this week. Take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you again soon.